checking in on where things stand as we bring in Paul Wankmuller, the Director of Trading Education at Blue Line Futures, is with us this morning to have a look at financial markets. Paul, welcome. Good to have you with us. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard the discussion I was just having with Alex in terms of some of the recent activity on the behalf of the Bank of England, but I'd like to begin there. And the question here is, is this another reason to cover some of the shorts in the ES and the pound you see, or is this uh, something bigger in terms of something that could provide some initiative type buying that establishes a bit of a bottom at this point. Well, thank you very much for having me on the show today. Always glad to be here. I think what they're doing uh, in, with regards to the Bank of England, uh, switching paces going from and going back to buying bonds signals uncertainty to me. And I think we all know that markets do not like uncertainty yeah. in that respect. Uh, in addition, you know, the, the policies that they are passing by capping energy bills and, and kind, trying to kind of, uh, you know, get some mojo back in the system, fighting inflation with inflation. Not really sure how that's going to work out there. Um, with regards to covering shorts in, in the ES and, and the pound, I, I think that, you know, it's, that trade has been, you know, going on for a while. We are coming up to the end of the quarter. That is always a sticky situation. But like you said, we have been uh, we trading below uh, the lows uh, from overnight. But if you look at the ES, you look at the close yesterday, that's a possible doji on a daily. And we haven't really been closing on the lows. It's kind of, you know, um, we've been rallying over. Well, not last night, but we've been rallying overnight with regards to the ES. And, you know, come 930 <laughs> uh, Eastern Standard Time, it's been tricky to get through there. So in that respect, I think we need to see a hard close in the ES below those lows uh, to continue, and we haven't really seen that yet. Yeah. To your point, it has been an orderly sell-off. I'll agree with you there. Uh, I like what you said in terms of fighting inflation with inflation. It sounds to me like you think that this dollar strength we've been seeing for the most part will continue. I do. I, I think that there, there's a couple of things going for it, right? You have uncertainty in Europe with, you know, I believe that that is, you know, with regards to energy, you have uncertainty in, in, um, in England. And then you also do have some uncertainties over overseas in Asia, which, which I'm sure we'll get to later. But if you think about it, financial conditions uh, with regards to how tight credit is, it's really not that bad, you know, as one would expect. I think everyone is just kind of, you know, they've been addicted to um, you know, liquidity, yeah. put it that way, you know, put in place over the last uh, 10 years. And, and plus, you know, the 40-year the bear market in bonds. Yeah. You know, it, um, going back low that, rates. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Um, but going back to all of that, you're going to have a little bit of a shock, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it's what we talked about earlier. It's the rate of change that's been so swift. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the rate of change of rates. Uh, the rate of change, the National Financial Conditions Index, that's been the highest since 1985. But if you look at the absolute, it's really not that bad. With, uh, with regards to the dollar, you know, you and I both like trend is your friend. And if it's not reversing, don't try to pick tops and bottoms, right? Talk to us about uh, anything stand out from some of the Fed speakers this week. Uh, again, obviously some selling after the recent decision to raise rates. Uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell 
uh, also a big part of this move lower we've seen off the August highs is Jackson Hole Symposium. We have the CPI number. I mean, these were a few major events along the way down here now. And as we sit down here, we're kind of uh, gathering more information. Mester, I saw uh, daily some of the other names uh, that we should be watching. Did anything stand out there for you? Well, I, I think going back to, you know, back to Jackson, that's kind of where, every, where everything started. The rhetoric of nothing has changed is a little, it, it's, it's confidence, right? With that respect, they, when are they going to start looking at what the markets are actually telling us? How, mm -hmm. how long are they going to ignore the market signals? You know, the twos and the tens, uh, something that most people should be looking at is the price of lumber, uh, it, you know, coming off that, if you look at a chart, the affordability of housing with regards to how much a mortgage, a median mortgage is costing now versus six months to a year ago. Those are all signals that I believe they're saying they're not paying attention to. But behind closed doors, we're in a very different place than we were 10 years ago. Uh, you know, adjusting to new realities such as structural supply issues. You know, or, you know, the, the adjusting to new neutral rates. Uh, I believe they're looking to regain, regain their credibility. Um, but what, when will they be able to budge the market conditions? So I get, you know, what, at the end of the day, everyone is looking for a little bit of a different rhetoric. You know, when, when will they start, not or start acknowledging what the markets are telling us? You know, as you say that, Paul, I think regaining credibility and budging market conditions takes a little time. So to the point that maybe the dollar will remain elevated here amidst these conditions, uh, the point we we're making earlier. Let's talk a little bit about real quick. We saw a spike in the long end here relative to the short. end. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's on the move higher, whether you're talking about the two year through four percent or the 30 year and some of the movement we've seen. But it does seem like the accelerated end of it has been towards the longer dated. Sure. And, and I believe that that's just, you know, a little bit of a blip with, with regards to what we have been seeing in the trend. Huh. I, I, I don't know what that what that means for the long term, but I would just go back to this is this is what we're seeing. Where is the catalyst going mm -hmm. to be to, to change? I believe the catalyst is going to come out of come out of the Fed speak for, for anything to start even remotely looking like it's going to turn the other way. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the focal points that we have. Again, as some of the dust settles from uh, the news, the headlines that we're seeing this morning over the next couple days, we head into the end of the week. We're uh, headed into the end of the quarter. Next week, we'll get a look at the jobs reports, obviously. Uh, I just real quick wanted to point out here, Paul, I'm sure you're well aware of the fact that we did get some numbers at the bottom of the hour just about eight minutes ago. But I can't imagine that the uh, international or the trade balance numbers that we saw, what was it, the uh, uh, wholesale inventories, ultimately, I can't imagine these numbers are going to attract too much attention. It does look like uh, the goods trades balance at minus 87.30 billion. Retail inventories, wholesale inventories uh, are coming in a, a little bit higher than prior levels. But uh, these are probably not going to be the major focal points for investors and traders. Let's talk about some of the numbers that we should be watching as we move forward to get a better feel in terms of the Fed's next actions. Sure. I, I, right. So going back to the U.S. dollar, it's, it's kind of the giant wrecking ball around the world, right? Mm -hmm. New lows in Indian rupee, the euro, the pound, etc. Uh, Jerome Powell on the Fed has said it's not a factor to his decisions. But one number I think that really should be focused on 
is the ratio of the yen versus the yuan. Okay. Uh, that, that went up past 20. That's the highest since the 1990s. And I think the real number to watch is the yuan. So it, it, that's, that's, it's an export competition going around, a local competition going around in the Pacific Rim, right? So if the Japanese yen keeps going down against the yuan, the yuan is going to have to devalue itself, and that will uh, allow China to purchase less treasuries. And I think that will in, in itself really start weighing on the Fed's decisions. Mm. I think that is the real number to to keep an eye on. Possibly accelerate some of those trends. Speaking of trends, let's pull a look here in terms of the Japanese yen because it's been a very well-defined trend to the downside. We've been talking about this for months now and following this one. You can see it's lost some of the momentum lower. It's a bit sideways here. Just quickly, if we could pull the daily, you can see again. And uh, to your point here, Paul, real quick as we say goodbye, I just wanted to show how the New Zealand dollar, again, these Asia-Pacific currencies coming under pressure recently as well. Here you can see again the Aussie dollar also coming under pressure. So again, lots to keep an eye on here. And Paul, really appreciate you joining us to break it down, taking a look at financial markets. A busy morning uh, for us traders this morning. And uh, uh, enjoy your Wednesday. Paul Wankmuller, the Director of Trading uh, Education at Blue Line Futures. We're